Lord, we thank you that you are our mighty God, as we've been singing this morning. And Lord, I pray right now that you'd help us to lift up our eyes, to put our focus on you and attention upon you this morning. I pray for your word to nourish our souls, Lord God, and to feed us, Lord God, feed our spirit. Let us grow stronger today in you. Let us grow and mature as believers in Christ. Let us develop as your church, and I pray that you would build your church today by building every single one of us, I pray, strengthening us, challenging us, and helping us to rise up and become all that you're calling us to be, we pray. And I pray that Kaylin Ponga plays really well for the Newcastle Knights today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can take a seat this morning. Welcome. I'm going to refrain from the sports report because there were so many cheers about not having a sports report. Actually, I will never refrain because I just love to crash against uh, what other people don't want to do. So let's go to the Newcastle Knights this afternoon. But we are going to continue our series today in the book of Ephesians. And so we are up to Ephesians chapter 4 this morning, and I, I'm not sure whether you had a chance to read your Ephesians chapter 4 this week, but it's okay. We're going to take some time in the service to be able to go through different sections of this chapter. But Ephesians has been such a great book to be able to look at as a church because it's such a building book, and it's about building in Christ, building from a foundation of understanding God's incredible grace that's poured out to us. And particularly the first three chapters of Ephesians talk about that place of grace and that position that we've been put in because of God's grace. And the second three chapters, which we're going to launch into today, really talk about building from that place and understanding the position God's put us in and therefore we are living differently because of that grace that we've received and the transforming nature of that grace in our lives. So this morning, I've entitled the message, We're a Work in Progress. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a work in progress. (laughs) Say amen if you need to as well. (laughs) We are all a work in progress. And the reality is there are no perfect people. The, The perfect church is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As soon as you and I get involved in the church, the church is imperfect. And so we are all a work in progress. We're all in need of God's grace. There is no perfect person. And we are a church that is a work in progress. But more than that, we are individuals that are a work in progress. You are God's building site. God is building your life. He's transforming you as you live with Him and walk with Him and commune with God. As you spend time with God, as you allow God to fill your life and transform your life, He's doing something on the inside of you. That's the reality. You and I are a work in progress. 1 Peter 2 verse 5 says, You believers, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house for a a holy and dedicated priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. So here we are called the living stones. As believers in Jesus Christ, as His church, we are the living stones. Thank God for the external building, but Jesus is making it very clear in this passage that we are actually His house, that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us and He has made each and every single one of us His people, His church, His house. I love in Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. In other words, God's not only just transforming you on the inside, He's actually using you to be able to build His church with the good works and the things that He set out before us and planned for us to do. So we shouldn't just sit back and just say, well, I've received my salvation and I'm going to heaven, I'm just going to leave it there. Actually, the instruction and the call out of this passage is that we would understand the incredible significance of the call of God on each of our lives and that we would run towards it willingly and boldly and courageously so that we could see the church of Jesus Christ built on the earth and see lives impacted for Jesus, which is what it is all about. So today we're going to look at four encouragements about being a work in progress. And the first one's this, number one, the first encouragement out of Ephesians chapter 4 is to embrace your calling. Let's have a look at it, Ephesians 4 verse 1. It says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. Now, I love how it starts here with the word therefore. And we always know in Scripture, when there is a therefore, we need to ask ourselves, what is it therefore? And in this passage, really, he we see Paul has spent the last three chapters explaining the incredible grace of Jesus Christ. And then he pivots in this moment and says, Therefore, with everything you have received that I have articulated in these first three chapters of the book of Ephesians, now therefore, live a life that is worthy of the calling. And he's writing this letter from prison, so there's even more impact and effect as he writes this. He says, I, Paul, a prisoner... And then it says, I love the language here, I beg you to live a life worthy of the calling. From this place of authority, they knew who Paul was, they knew the impact that he'd had, they knew that he was sacrificing his life, they knew that he was in prison for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and now they know that he's begging them, he's imploring them to live differently, to embrace the call of God for their life and to run with it. Not just to take the grace of Jesus Christ for granted, but to understand you're saved and you are called. God has given you an incredible calling to go after. That The fact that God has marked your life and made you different by His grace also means that you are going to live as a different person in your behavior, in your habits, in your language, and in the way that you live your life. His grace transforms us so that our life is different. One of the things that I love in this life is watching non-huggers get hugged. <laughs> it's a beautiful blessing to me. And, and, and the benefit of church life is I get to see this take place all the time. And the person that hates hugs 
and the person that loves hugs coming together and you know them, you know their personalities and I just love watching it take place and the awkwardness there. I love the awkwardness around a hug and even when someone goes into a hug and, and, and the awkwardness is that take place when you don't know whether you're meant to hug or whether there's a, a kiss on the cheek or whether it's a handshake or what's going to happen in that moment and you're watching someone go through the motions of awkwardness or they get the, the, the kind of side hug or they get the, the, the hug where they get confused on the way in or the, the pat hug and the person that's trying to release from the hug, the hug's taking place and they're like, D -d -d it's over, it's over. Um, I had it this week actually, I was at a, at a Pastors Connect and I was I went up to go to say hello to someone and uh, as I went to go to say hello to them, I'd seen somebody else hug them and they must have known them. It was actually Donna Crouch, if you know Donna. And, and I went in for, uh, I thought, oh, I'll go in for the hug. And, uh, and, and she, because I saw someone else hug her, and she went in for the handshake. And so I was like, I'm already committed to the hug. So I, I shook her hand at the same time and hugged her. So she got a handshake and a hug at the same time. It was very awkward and very confusing. I also find it confusing with the kiss on the cheek because I'm not a kisser on the cheek but then sometimes people think that the kiss on the cheek is happening and I just go cheek to cheek. I don't, I don't do the kiss and so I'm so confused. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's taken place in that moment. But my two pops were the tale of two different people. One was a massive hugger on my mum's side and on my dad's side he was not a hugger at all. He was the last thing from a hugger. He was the most Aussie guy ever. Um, he decided, um, even though my name was Ben, he was going to call me Billy because he just decided that he liked that name. So ever from birth, even from birth, he called me Billy all the days of, of his life. And uh, he was the most Aussie guy, taught me to play cricket, taught me how to fish, and taught me how to bet on the horses on a Saturday morning. That's pretty much all the things that he did. It was shake his hand if you weren't going to say to him. It was show respect. It was look him in the eyes. It was never swear in front of a woman. It was all of these kind of things. He was just the ultimate Aussie bloke. And uh, he was just a fantastic guy. But uh, my, my, my pop on my other side, my mum's side, was the complete opposite. I mean, a massive hugger. And this is the kind of guy that you wanted to avoid if you saw him somewhere because the hug was going to be extreme. And so he was like, I'm not sure the hierarchy, but he was part of the, the Salvation Army. I think he was a, maybe a captain or I don't know. I'm not sure how it all works. But he would, he would be up at our local shops and he would be there with the collection box. And sometimes when I was up there with my friends, I would see my pop and think, oh no, 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 no. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Don't let him see you. And it didn't matter whether I made eye contact or not. As soon as he made eye contact, I knew it was all over. It was all over. Any reputation that I had was going to be completely annihilated in that moment. And so he would come up and he would see me and he would see me from ages away. And, and the opening for the hug would start 10 meters out before you'd even got there. And it was just like, Ben! And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. And so it's like watching a train wreck happen in slow motion. He'd be running towards you and be like, no, no, no. I'm with my friends. I'm at like, I'm 13. I'm trying to be cool here. Uh, like, all coolness is about to go. And he'd run over and I would see my friends laughing. He'd come in for the hug and he would squeeze so tight and be like, I just want to eat you. And I'm like, whoa, this is getting weird now. And, he, and he'd get in there. And then he'd do this thing where he'd get the 
the salt, like a pretend salt and pepper shaker. And he's like, I'm going to eat you. And then he puts salt on me, like in a pretend way. This is in front of my 13-year-old friends. And he'd be like, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 he's going to do the salt pepper. He's doing it. And then he'd squeeze me. He'd pick me up and he'd squeeze me. I'm like, I can't breathe. And he'd just hold on for so long. My friends are giggling. My friends are laughing. But what they didn't know, I knew what was coming for them. It didn't stop with me. He had no social awareness. He was straight on to my friends straight after that. He, they're getting the salt and pepper shakers as well. They're getting the hugs. They're like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. It's coming back. And he would squeeze the life out of you. He would embrace you with everything that he had. And I guess when I looked at this passage, that's the first thing I thought of. I mean, I know, weird thought, right? But I thought about the fact that we've got to embrace our calling like that. Let's not be awkward about it. Let's not give it the side hug. Let's not give it the, the handshake, pretend hug. Let's not be unsure about it. Let's embrace our calling. Let's grab it with everything we've got. Let's understand the grace of Jesus Christ, that His wraparound love is surrounding us, and let's embrace it. Embrace Jesus. Embrace the life and the calling that He has for you. Embrace the transformation that he wants to do on the inside of you. God has called you. God is working in you. 2 Timothy 1 verse 10 says it this way. He has saved us and called us to what? A holy life. That means a transformed life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Can I encourage you this morning? Bring your life up to your calling, not down to the culture. Bring your life up to the calling of God, not down to the culture that's surrounding you. Understand God's calling you to live differently. When he talks about being holy, it means to be set apart, to be different, that there is something different. Now, you are immediately made holy as soon as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the sanctification work on the inside takes place each and every day God's working on us transforming us changing us changing our mind and our language and the way we act and behave that we would become more like Jesus and we are a work in progress there are no perfect people allowed but can I encourage you this morning and Paul's encouraging us here he's imploring us he's begging us here from prison that we would be people that hold on to this calling that embrace the calling of God for our life and that live differently because of that in Jesus' name. The second thing is this. The second encouragement here is that we would equip for construction. It says in Ephesians 4 verse 11, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church. Build your church. It's our theme for the year. The body of Christ. Verse 13 says, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. I love this passage. It's a great reminder that we are all part of the body of Christ and that we are a growing body. 
A healthy body is a growing body. And we are growing and being formed and transformed by God. And God is equipping us and He uses the people amongst us to equip us. He uses, we, we, we read here about the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor. He uses these gifts and God works through them to equip us so that we can grow and be mature and be the people God's calling us to be. And that's why I love the gathering of the church. I think it's so important that we are gathered so that we can be equipped and to be sent out to be able to do God's work. We're actually equipped with construction. I look at it like we are taken onto the job site and that we are given an induction and trained how to use uh, the tools and the things God's given us and how to outwork that and to get on the job site wherever we are, whether we are a teacher, a real estate agent, a doctor, a mom, a dad, whatever role we have, that we would be equipped to be able to function as a believer of Jesus Christ and let the Holy Spirit work through our lives wherever He places us. And the beauty of that is that we are all able to access that. It's not for some kind of special Christian. Every one of us are equipped by God and called to be used by God to construct and to build His kingdom on the earth. It's a great thought. When we talk about equipping, when we look at the actual Greek word, it actually means to put right. It's often used in terms of setting broken bones or mending nets. And so the idea is that as the church with the, 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 the fivefold gifts functioning, that they are helping put right. They're helping bring kingdom principles to our lives, helping us to be able to walk with the word of God as truth and a pathway to live our lives on, that we are mending and transforming our lives and that God's working in us as we are corrected and sharpened with these fivefold gifts working through our lives and working in the church. Now, those fivefold gifts, you've probably heard them many different times, and there is a hand analogy for the fivefold gifts. And uh, people say the thumb is like the apostle, because the apostle kind of functions in all five of those gifts. The apostle is someone who's sent out by God to proclaim his message. They're often seen as pioneers or visionaries, and uh, they bring kingdom culture to earth. And, you know, apostles, actually, the, ter- the first term for the apostles was actually by the Roman Empire, where they would send out apostles to the land that they'd taken over because they would bring the kingdom to that place. They would bring the Roman Empire's rules and regulations to that place, and they would bring that kind of culture to that area. And so they were called apostles. And that's really one of the roles of the apostle, to bring kingdom culture to earth. And uh, the second one is the, the pointer finger which is seen as the prophet. And uh, I don't know the prophets are always pointing at you, but the prophets are giving direction. They're guiding you. They're speaking into the future. They're, they're giving us insight into what God is speaking and saying on the earth so that we can hear His voice and be guided by His voice. And prophets are so important to guiding and directing us individually, but also as the church. Then there's the middle finger. Who's the middle finger? The middle finger is the evangelists because they are a little bit longer. They're stretching out further than everybody else. It's not just because they're walking around giving everyone the middle finger, although evangelists can cause trouble. Um, they um, are, are the ones that are reaching out furthest out of the hand. They're the ones that are reaching out to those that are around and about us and they're, and they're helping people to come to know Jesus. They're sharing the gospel. Evangelists are so important. 
And not just for what they do in terms of reaching people, but they are important to equip others to be able to evangelize and take the gospel to those in our world and to, that, that, that don't know Jesus yet. And the ring finger is the pastor, and that's a symbol of being married to the sheep, and that they are committed to the, the body of Christ, to the flock, to be able to teach and train and to be able to correct and help people grow and develop. And then there is the teacher. And the teacher is like the pinky finger because they bring balance to the body of Christ. They're always correcting and guiding and making sure that we are on the right path biblically and to make sure that we are staying the path as we should as disciples of Jesus Christ. And so God's blessed us with these incredible gifts to function as a church so that we can become who God's called us to be. And the ultimate goal is that we would be equipped so that we would become mature and complete lacking nothing. That God would be growing us and using these gifts and that we would all be equipped together. And it doesn't mean that if you're an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, that you're at the top of the tree and that nobody else can, that you're just the one directing other people. No, we've got to rely on the other gifts to direct us as well. And so together we are growing by one another and the church is being built up and strengthened just like cells in your body all need each other to function. We need the fivefold gifts. We need every person being equipped and encouraged. We need every part playing its part so that the body of Christ can function. I love what it says here in Hebrews 10, 24. It says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now as we see the day is drawing near. I love this thought that we would be equipped so that we're motivating each other towards love and good works. We gather together to be equipped and empowered to do what God's called us to do. And we encourage one another through the gifts that God has given his church. Uh, number three this morning, next encouragement is that every part is contributing. Ephesians 4 verse 16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I actually love this in the Amplified Version. It says, From Him the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies, when each part is working properly, causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. I love that thought, that we all have a part to play. And I'm not just talking about church on a Sunday in terms of our service there. I'm talking about your life, that every day of the week you are representing the body of Christ wherever you are, in your school, in your workplace, in your family, in your friendship group, wherever you go, you are representing the body of Christ. And we've been instructed, we've been urged by Paul here to live a life worthy of the calling. And we are encouraged that every one of us plays a part in that. And so we all have a responsibility. Wherever we go, we wear the jersey of Jesus Christ. We, we wear the jersey as a Christian and we're not perfect and we don't have it all together and we will fail and we will mess up and we will get it wrong at times. But we are encouraged to get back up again and to keep trying to represent Jesus well, to be ambassadors for Christ on the earth to represent Jesus. We all have a part to play. You know, our services on a Sunday are a great example of every person playing their part. 
I have got no idea how to work the sound system. I literally have no idea. I don't even know how to turn the sound system on. And I, I can see people worrying about the people online. I'm sorry for people online. I'm just going to go out of view for a second. But if I was to come up here to the sound desk, where the, this just feels like the, the, the pressure cooker of the church, right? <laughs> no one cares about the sound desk until the sound goes wrong. And then every person looks up here to say, what did Mikey do? What did he do wrong today? Because the sound system cut out, the microphone cut out when Dan was speaking before. It must have been Mikey. <laughs> wasn't a battery, it was Mikey. And, and it's, there's so much pressure to be up here on the sound desk. I don't know how the lights work. I love how they look on stage, but I've got no idea how they function and work. I don't know even how to turn this camera on. Hello to everybody that's online. Um, I don't know how to, to make sure that that works. I, I don't know how to play the keyboard, even though I'd love to play the keyboard. There is actually one thing I know on the keyboard, and that's hot cross buns. I'll try and play it, but I, you see, what happens when I come up on stage is they turn everything off. They don't, they don't, let, me, they don't let me go on any of the instruments. So, see, there's no sound. They, they don't want me to do it. Oh, here we go. So there we go. That's my ending. So I could lead you in hot cross buns in worship. I can, that's, that's one thing that I can actually do. I can do that thing for you, Alfred. That just like, I could just slide my hand across that at the end of each worship song. I can't play the drums. I can't do so many of the things that, that make church happen and function on a Sunday. But you know what? There's other people that can. And I thank God for them because church would be a lot more boring if I was the one trying to do all of those things. And it would not be polished. And I would try and sing for you, but I wouldn't be able to do it. And I, I would do the bits that I could, but I wouldn't be able to, to make sure that we could do what we could do collectively together. The beauty of the church is that we all have different gifts and parts to play. And I want to encourage you today. You're part of this family. You're part of this church. You're part of this body of Christ in this local area. And we need you. We need your gift. We need your smile. We need your word of encouragement. We need your ability that God has placed on your life significantly for you to use. And the calling of God that's specific to you. We need your unique flavor to help build the body of Christ, to help us with our services, to help us with connecting with people. There are people you see in your week that I don't see. There are people that you can reach that I can't reach because of your authority in their lives. There are workplaces that you are part of that you can influence that I will never influence. And that's all of us together taking our place and saying, hey, you know what? I'm part of this body of Christ. Jesus is our captain and I'm going to go out and I'm going to play my best this week. Wherever I go, I'm going to play my part and do what God's called me to do because that is what God wants me to do. See, don't be part of the body that doesn't contribute. And I'm not talking about just serving on a Sunday or anything. I'm talking about what God's given you on your life to, to, to raise kids if you're a mom, to, to, to be a great friend, 
to share a kind word, to encourage a person. God has placed gifts on your life. God is calling you and using you. You know, the last thing you want to be in the body of Christ is like the appendix. And it can get taken out and it makes no difference. (laughs) Don't be the appendix. (laughs) Choose a part of your body. Be part of the body of Christ and, and contribute. Use the part that you've been given. You know, we have a lot of Christians today in the world. We're going to talk about the, um, all the great armor of God in a couple of weeks' time. But there are a lot of Christian streakers out there that have the, sal- the helmet of salvation and they have nothing else. And they're running along with the helmet of salvation, but they don't have any of the other clothes on. There, just like there are a lot of people being in the appendix. where They're taken out, but it makes no difference. We've all got a part to play. We've got to grow and mature in Christ. We've all got gifts and abilities to use that God wants to take your life and use it for His kingdom. I'm having a bit of fun today. We've all got a part to play. And you know, it's easy to be a knocker. It's easy to stand back and to, to look at all the things that other people do wrong. And to, to knock them. And I, one of the favorite things that I love to do is I love to go on famous people's Instagram or Facebook and I love to watch the people that comment on them and knock them. Whether they're a professional fighter, whether they're a pro- professional athlete or they, they're an actor or whatever they are. And it doesn't matter how many encouraging comments on there. If you look underneath any of their social media posts, there will be that, those few people there that are knocking them. Saying, ah, oh, you should have done this. They haven't got off their lounge at home. But they've got all the opinions on how this superstar could have done things better. And we've got to be careful in the church we don't be like that and sit and criticize other people that are trying to have a go. Let's be the champions of one another. Let's encourage one another and help each other out and build the body of Christ. And someone once said to me, it's hard to rock the boat when you've got an oar in your hand. And I think when we all take our part and we, we start, to, start to play our part, it contributes. You know, someone else said it, if you're not helping, you're not helping. And we all have a part that we can play. And I want to encourage you, church, that we have a great future. We have an exciting future as a church. And I believe expansion is on the cards for City Church in the future. But you know where expansion starts? It starts in our hearts. And it starts with us being faithful with what is in our hand today. And God gives more. He gives, what does He give? He gives seed to the sower. As we sow, as we invest, as we build, as we play our part, God gives seed to the sower. I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody serve in church and they've started serving in an area like hosts or other areas, but on the way they've found their sweet spot and their grace and their gifting. And from that place, they've actually found what their real passion is. And so I would encourage you, if you don't know what your passion is or where you can contribute, just start somewhere. When you start serving and focusing on other people, not only does it do you good, but it leads towards you finding your grace zone and where you can contribute. You know what else it does? It builds up the body. It takes the weight off others and we all contribute. And I just believe that there's more ahead for us as a church. But we've got to be faithful with what we've got right now. And if we all play our part, there is no reason why we can't expand and see growth and progress and impact into other areas and just really impact our community in a way that is beyond what we are doing today. There's no reason why we can't have more services, no reason why we can't have more programs and opportunities for people, but all of us play our part. For we are His workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus, ready to be used for good works, which he has prepared in advance, that we should walk in them. And finally this morning, we're empowered in Christ. Ephesians 4, 21 says, So since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, just like you're putting on new clothes, created to be like Christ, truly righteous and holy. And then it goes on to say, So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For you are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down where you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that the words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. It talks about this new life. You know the thing about living in the new is you've got to let go of the old. And so often I see this with people's lives when they're trying to get out of a rut of sin. They focus on it. They focus, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Whether it's pornography or whether it's lying or whether it's just whatever it may be, whatever sin it may be, don't do it, don't do it. And they become so obsessed with it, that's all they can think of and they can just, all they can do is just do it. But instead of doing that, what it's teaching us in the Scripture is say, let go of the old, embrace the new. It's saying here, if you're a liar, instead of lying, speak encouragement and truth. Instead of stealing, it says here, take, take your, your hands and, and use them to be able to serve and to be able to give and contribute. Scripture teaches us here, don't worry about the old. Focus on the new. Use your words to be kind. Use your, your life to encourage and to strengthen one another. Let go of the old and embrace the new. Psalm 37, sorry, sorry, Psalm 32 says in verse 7, You are my hiding place. You protect, protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best path for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. I love the thought here. It says, you surround me with songs of victory. That the soundtrack of your life is victory. That God is singing over you victory. He's declaring over you the new. Not the old that you can feel like you're stuck into, but actually saying, hey, let, I'm going to put all my energy into the new. Not the old. And I'm going to let those songs of victory declare over my life. Do you know one of the greatest ways that you can strengthen your life and focus on the new is by assessing what you listen to. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if you really want to transform your life, take stock of what you listen to because what you listen to will feed you and will come through you. And so I encourage you, Start to listen to things that are going to build and edify your life. Listen to the songs of victory and the promises of God that He's declaring over your life. 
Listen to voices that will bring courage and strength into your life. Listen to the scriptures that declare to you who you are in Christ, that you are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. Listen to the reminders of God that tell us that you that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Listen to the reminders of scripture that tell us that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. When these things start to speak to us and we start to listen to them, they transform us. What you listen to will transform your life. So listen to the new. Listen to those new things in Christ and let your life be transformed in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me this morning? Can I encourage you? Embrace your calling. Be equipped for construction. Every part contributing to the body. And remember, you're empowered in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4 verse 1. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Let's bring our lives up to the calling, not down to the culture. And understand that God's asking us to live different, to be salt and light in this world. If you feel comfortable, why don't you reach out your hands for a moment? I want to pray for you. Lord, I pray this morning for every person under the sound of my voice, whether they're here in the room, whether they are online this morning. Lord, I thank you that they are called by you. You love them. You call them a masterpiece, Lord Jesus, and that you want to use all of us together as your body, as your church, Lord God, to build your kingdom on the earth. And we all have a part to play. And Lord, I pray this morning as Paul has implored us in this passage, as the Holy Spirit speaks to us directly, Lord, out of Ephesians 4, Lord, I pray that we would understand, Lord, that we are saved, but we are called. And God, there is a mission that you have on the earth to build your church. And I pray, Lord God, that you would use every one of us to play our part to be able to do that. Lord, let us leave this place today having embraced the calling of God knowing we are being equipped, knowing that we're part of a body. And Lord, knowing that you've empowered us with everything we need to live this new life and to let go of the old. Lord, transform us, I pray. Let your church shine and expand. Let it be built and transformed, I pray, internally and through our lives. This year, in Jesus' mighty name, Come on, let's worship Jesus together as we come to a close.